Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. A little bit later, we're going to have the power rankings in the NFL. It's going to be List Radio. Is that my understanding, Ron Wolfley? Um, what are you talking about, Paul? Because you need to update your Christmas list, your holiday list right now. Craig Grealou needs to be elevated effective immediately just for getting your keister on the air this morning. You know, tis the season, Basinonians, is it not? Here it is. Uh, the Christmas season is definitely upon us. Thanksgiving in the rearview mirror right now. And that can only mean one thing for many, many dudes that are are out there right now, the panic that starts to set in when you're looking for that gift for that special somebody. <laughs> it just, it dominates the Christmas season for me, Paul. I've already acquiesced. I've gone from Paulie panic to just admitting defeat. I'm, all, I'm ready. <laughs> no, Maloney, I don't have it in me. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Please, Paul. It's too many gifts per year. Every year, birthday, anniversary, I see. Mother's Day, <laughs> Christmas, you Valentine's Day, five gifts a year, oh. every year. I don't have it in me. I, 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 I have no problem saying I'm not man enough. I'm not capable enough to execute those five gifts, make no. them meaningful and applicable every single year. I don't have it in me. Polly, I have a hard time seeing you even get sentimental. <laughs> I, I have a really hard time seeing you buy something for the Sicilian, your wife, of course, that would be anything sentimental. Well, I, I don't know, well, Paul. Is difference. that wrong of me? Um, there's a difference between buying it and selecting it. <laughs> I might be the one who's ultimately buying it, but I'm certainly not the one okay. selecting it because I outsource it. I'm not saying you're cold, Paul. I, what do you mean I'm, I'm cold? Cold-hearted oh my in any goodness. way, shape, or form, Polly. We're, just, we're two minutes into time. the show. I have a hard time seeing you get personal at all, we're, Paul. We're, we're two minutes into the show. I'm playing hurt over here. I'd be taking a sick day if it wasn't for you guys. Yeah. And, 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 and all of a sudden, I'm be calling. Hey, I'm, I'm basically the Scrooge of these airwaves. Is that, I'm Ebenezer Calvisi. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not saying that, Paul. I'm just My saying goodness. right now, hey, we're paying you too, Paul. <laughs> I mean. We're paying you. Yeah, I mean. All right, Paul? Just so you know. Yeah. It's not like you're over here doing us all. <laughs> Open up that bundle, Joe, and tell oh, me the no. value of it. No. Boy, what do you no. call this? No. Bed curtains? Ah, Listen to him. Are you kidding me, David Charles you know Burns? What? Just for that. Oh. Just for that, get Burnsy's keister in here early. I'm leaving at lunchtime. All right, Paul. He likes to hear himself talk. Get Paul, him in here early. You've actually acted with David Charles, have you not? You actually I, did yes, that. I, right, Polly? It uh, wasn't as necessarily acted. I, I got absolutely faced out okay. there on stage. <laughs> he was. Man, David Charles. It happened Burns, twice. You want to talk about a thespian. He went for it, Paul. It, it happened twice. That was the first year I got up there and I realized that Bernsey, like spent all four years of high school in theater and drama and, and he was ready to bring right. it. Oh, he he'd brought been, it. He's, he'd been practicing in the mirror. And then <laughs> the <laughs> next year, okay, and and, and by the way, every year they cast me as Tiny Tim. Right, Paul. And there's still litigation pending over that. I'm just going to let you know. Yeah, I will Paul. not I will not be slandered like that. Yes. Okay? You had an excellent limp, though. Paul. I will not be ignored. And so there, there I am up on stage with Joe Garagiola Sr. 
Yes. Now, here's a guy once upon a time hosted The Tonight Show for Johnny Carson. So when the red lights come on on stage, do you think all of a sudden he's pretty theatrical and capable up on stage? I think so, Paul. He's comfortable. I lost big again up on stage. He went off on this (laughs) rant. He killed it. And then I'm sitting there, and I got my little line, and I got my paper, and I'm doing this radio play, and I'm like, oh, jeez. I think I actually tried to encourage you after that, Paul, and it was... It was pretty heartless. What fat I, guy? What fat guy role did they put you in? Because you fit the suit. What um, was the character? The I, I was not character. I wasn't fat then, Paul. No, you were two seventy then, weren't you? No, I was not two seventy. What, what year was it? You were two seventy. Uh, what year was it? You know that? what, Paul? That was. It was soon after I got married, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank, thank you. you. Appreciate that. Where, right, where are we going? This beautiful part of the program, Paul. As the president of this show, we're yes. going to talk about <laughs> the president. President of basketball operations. Oh my goodness! For the Phoenix Suns, now known as James Jones, who wants you to know that the state of the Suns uh, is very good. They're atop the Western Conference, and he met the media yesterday. In fact, he used the S word. Here we go, James Jones. This team's special. Like there, there aren't any challenges um, that that are daunting to us. Um, if it's injury. If it's you know external uh, situations, external factors, because back to backs, um, tough one point losses, they don't affect our psyche. Uh, our guys all come and they work and and they show up in big moments. And so I'm proud of this team, um, just because I know I know these guys. I get a chance to see them every day. Uh, they don't get a chance to display their their grit and their resiliency, but they've been able to do it over the first 20 games, and uh, we've been better for it. Will you uh, hire a general manager? I'm not focused on that right now. I mean, if if that happens, it happens. Um, but for me right now, it's getting us to uh, to like, to the All Star break. The state of the Suns Union is strong. Yes, that's your translation right there from your president of basketball operations. Now, I didn't expect that follow up question. I mean, you think he's gonna he's gonna acquiesce and give up the basketball? decision-making process. I I don't see that happening. If he does hire a GM, it would be more like an assistant GM role. Right. uh, I mean, that guy would be in charge of all the perfunctory stuff. But come on, the decision-maker when it comes to basketball and all operations thereof remains James Jones. Yes, uh, I think you're right on that, Paulie. Yet at the same time, I am fascinated because I think James Jones is cut out to actually be a true president of the Phoenix Suns, a true president of a sports organization, a sports franchise like the Suns. And I think that is where all of this is headed. And if that, in fact, is the case right now, if, in fact, he's going to start delegating some of the responsibilities, don't you think Monty Williams is going to be the guy that will absorb a lot of those responsibilities? That is my question, Paul. You're talking in terms of shopping for the groceries, not just making the dinner, but shopping for the yes. groceries. All of a sudden, Monty Williams is going to have personnel roles. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I, I think Hinting I, at? This is just me. I have nothing to base this on, ladies and gentlemen, th- other than what I've been told in regard to the relationship between Monty Williams and James Jones. Do you think it's a good relationship? Say yes, because I think we all understand these men are like-minded. They have an excellent relationship. Yes, there are some points. I'm sure they disagree on things, but they have worked beautifully together. Um, In fact, Monty's quote yesterday, he's earned it 
He's turned the organization around, and he can get rid of me any time now. Yes. Probably the best way to look at it. Yes. So, all right, they have that sort yes. of relationship. They can even joke about job security. Yeah, absolutely, Paulie. And because of that, once again, I, I think there's nobody else that's going to get in between James Jones and Monty Williams. I, I just can't see it, Paul. Even even hiring an assistant GM, whatever it may be, Paul, I, I can't see that. I think it's going to be more, and this is just me, I think it's going to be more Monty Williams that absorbs a lot of that day-to-day, that activity. And, of course, they're going to still be very close. They're going to be in communication day in and day out. But I don't just I don't see somebody coming in between Monty Williams and James Jones. Now, what about DeAndre Ayton and the Suns organization? Because there, uh, that has been a roller coaster over the last couple of years. But right now, again, the state of the relationship is strong. And James Jones used the word joy about DeAndre Ayton yesterday. Here he is. Oh, he's been he's been all over the place. He's been you know he's been all over this building, uh, and it's it's a joy to watch him mature and grow and figure it out. Um, he he understands who he is as a player, and he's starting to understand uh, his value to our team and just in the league. And it's great to see him, you know, Western Conference Player of the Year. I mean, of the of the week. Um, hopefully, he can do it enough to be Western Conference Player of the Year. <laughs> um, but he's. He's he's been pivotal for us. Uh, his his force, his aggression, uh, and more importantly, his command of, of our system has helped him and helped guys like Jock and guys like Damian uh, flourish. Because you know, with a with a big guy like Da um, and the things he's able to do, he makes it so much easier on the perimeter. Wow, that was a rare laugh from James Jones. I'll be honest with you. You talk to him a lot more than I do, and you're around him a lot more than I am. Have you ever really seen him? Laugh even as a yeah. as a player. He is in the off season. He, I have. He's seemingly all business all the time. Yeah, it's just interesting that he said that right there. He's starting to. He was talking about DeAndre Ayton. He was saying he's starting to understand the impact that he has on this team and how important and integral he is. I, I'm paraphrasing here, but that's what he was saying in regard to DeAndre Ayton. More on this, Paul, yeah. as the show unfolds. By the way, he said Chris Paul is close to returning. Not tonight, where he's going to miss his 11 straight games. Suns against the Bulls downtown, 7 o'clock here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports, but he's close. What is the injury again? Is it like tendonitis of the earlobe? What is it? Is it uh, a heel is, is it the strained pinky toenail? What What is the uh, concoct, the, <clears throat> the injury? It's that, a heel ball. It's a heel. Yes, a heel. Hmm. You know how you wear yeah. heels, Polly, to actually elevate your height yeah. a little. Yeah. Yeah. See, I love this how we're up against the break and I can't respond. The Bud Light Super Bowl Music Fest featuring three incredible nights of shows, including the Imagine Dragons, Dave Matthews Band, and Paramore will be heading to the Footprint Center February 9th through the 11th. Tickets go on sale this Friday, 10 a.m., but you can enter the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for all the details and your chance to win tickets. All right, one NFL analyst is questioning whether players respect Cliff Kingsbury. We'll discuss this next. Wolf and Luke starring Paul Calvisi here for the next four hours on The Local Sports Leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, so let's see here. Um, Next level analysis here. Cardinals schedule, you have five games left to play and six opponents left to battle. 
What? Six opponents. What, Paul? Six opponents, Wolf. Yes. Okay, okay, so down the stretch you come, and you have games against New England and Tampa at home. Both prime time, by the way. Yeah. You go to Denver. That's like December 18th. Man, I pity the sideline reporter going to Denver in late uh, December. That's, that's, that sucks. I see. And then you got the road trip to Atlanta, the season finale, at the 49ers. And then there's the sixth opponent on the schedule, apparently, the national media. What? Uh, let's go to the other James Jones. No, not the president of basketball operations. Right. James Jones, former NFL receiver, NFL... Ah network analyst and in this case he was on with former nfl network anchor Kay adams who has her own podcast slash show up in adams and here you go james jones i would have to be on the player side and i'm not necessarily just saying kyler murray's side i'm saying the player side and i just do not think cliff kingsbury has the respect of this football team and as a head coach, when you don't have the respect of a football team, you're not going to get the best out of a football team. And you talked about it, Kay, right? This team has talent mm-hmm. across the board, right? But it's starting with the guy that's running the ship, and that's Cliff Kingsbury. And these guys do not respect Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach, and you see it. That's a pretty yeah. serious charge. Uh, let's allow him to elaborate. They chewing him out on the sideline. They coming out, you know, in the media saying crazy, crazy stuff in the media. And it's not just Kyler. You know, it's a lot of the players. And you're not going to get guys to go out there and battle for you and, and ride for you if you don't have the respect for them. And any little thing that goes on with the Arizona Cardinals, right? It's always stuff like this that comes out. Right. It's always them, you know, getting at Cliff Kingsbury. And that lets me know, man, that the, the head coach ain't got control of the ship. And that, and that's a problem. So I'll put this on Cliff. Paulie, where do you go with that right there? Honestly, I'm wondering who he's talking about. I mean, we all know Kyler Murray, of course, on national television had a blow up with Cliff Kingsbury. We all understand that. We get that. Um, we all saw that happen. I'm wondering what other players he's talking about. Honestly, I asked the question openly to you. Do do you recall people that have left here um, saying that they did not respect Cliff Kingsbury and there was a respect issue inside the locker room for Cliff? I don't recall that. And Maybe I have a lapse in memory. I don't know. 20 years of morning radio. Wolf, you you have CTE from 10 years in the NFL. I have 20 years of morning radio and CTE to deal with. So maybe I don't remember it. But no, I can't think of a single player who has made such a charge either on or off the record insinuated in any way so once again that is a serious allegation that is paul so and and i didn't hear a single source cited i didn't hear him say oh you know i have people inside that locker room inside that organization who have told me as such dot 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 so if you're not around the team and i haven't seen james jones in the state of arizona yeah anytime recently you better have ironclad sources which i didn't hear cited there so once again where and how are you making that conclusion see for me once Polly, i look at this and i'm really struggling because they've had some high profile players that may actually have axes to grind and yet i haven't heard that i'm thinking of pat p I, I, I haven't heard Pat P. say anything like there's a respect issue inside the locker room for Cliff Kingsbury. Um, if there's ever somebody that would most likely say that, right, um, I think it would be Pat Chandler Jones, Paulie. 
I haven't heard Chandler Jones say anything like that. And he didn't leave here under the best of circumstances either. Now, once again, were those two guys happy with the organization? Oh, no, they were not. They're in their 30s. They want the next contract. They didn't get the next contract. Guess what? Uh, I think that decision was proven correct, especially with Chandler Jones. Right. But but once again, those two guys had an issue with Steve Keim. As we all know, they have an issue with, like, so many guys have with their contract does not go the way that they were hoping maybe that it would. Yet at the same time, I just haven't heard those two guys in particular. Eno Benjamin. Eno Benjamin. I haven't heard anybody say anything about Cliff Kingsbury and a lack of respect inside the locker room for Cliff. I I haven't. In fact, if you take on-the-record comments, because you know I'm around the team every single day in the locker room, in the press conference rooms, it's actually the opposite. When the Cardinals have lost, a lot of guys have said, I feel bad because Cliff is such a player's coach that we didn't deliver for the head coach. So it's actually quite the opposite in that regard. Here's the other barometer. Here, Go ahead. And I was going to say the other thing is with Zach Ertz. He straight up said that the reason why he wanted to re-sign with Arizona was because of Cliff. And obviously, you have to respect him if that's what you decide to do. Yeah. We'd see it on the field, wouldn't yes, we? Paulie. Yes, Paulie. Let, let me give you a comparison. We went into this Week 12 game against the Chargers, and, and I'll be honest with you, my boxes were bunging a little bit, a little bit on the sideline. I'm like, is this going to be a repeat of Week 12 against the Chargers 2018? Do you know what the final score was in that game? No, but I know. 45-10. Well, well if you were there at that soccer stadium in L.A., right. that team gave up. Philip Rivers completed his first 29 oh my passes. Goodness. You knew oh. the season was over. You knew the head coach was a dead man walking in Steve Wilkes at that point. None of that has materialized yet with this team at this point in the season. And, Paulie, that is a great point right there. After looking at the facts and whether or not are there people out there that are saying that, people that have axes to grind with the organization, I haven't heard that. Now you look at on the field. Go ahead and look at on the field right now. Um, if they didn't respect Cliff Kingsbury, they wouldn't go out there and play as hard as we have seen them play. Can I just say this? A disclaimer, if you've got the disclaimer music, go ahead and, and play it because uh, uh, what I'm about to say makes me sick to my stomach. But there are guys, there we go, thank you very much. There are guys that need the stars aligned for them to play. They need the stars aligned. They need it all set up, Holy, for them to go play and for you to get the most out of them. And they would allow their talent and their effort to be impacted by a coach and quitting on said coach. There are guys that definitely do that in the National Football League. Having said that, you can pop the disclaimer down. I cannot even believe there are guys that do that. This is a mercenary league, man. It's one of the biggest mercenary leagues on the face of the planet right now. You go out and you play for yourself. You don't play for a coach. You don't play for your teammates. You don't play for them. You don't pl- you play for the pride you take in doing your job as a grown man. Right? I mean, isn't that what it's supposed to be? This is who I am, and I'm going to show you all who I am based on how I go about my business. It doesn't matter. You don't have to play in the NFL for that to be the case, right? You don't. That should be all of us every day. So are there guys that are going to play hard? I'm going to play hard. 
I'm going to really play hard to. Yeah, there are. There are some guys. And I don't know what the percentage is in a locker room anymore. I can tell you right now, there were probably 10% of the guys back when I was playing in 1985 to 95, 10% of the guys, yeah, I'm going to play hard. I'm going to do it for you. And you know what? Shut it. Because as soon as I hear you talk about how you're going to go play for me, I know you're going to be the first one to bail when it gets thick out there. Okay, so having said all of that, Paul, once again, I'm going to calm down here. I'm going to calm down, and I'm just going to say they haven't quit on Cliff. And you can see that they haven't quit on Cliff. And if you are, if you are quitting um, for any reason as a player, you need to go. But wait, there's more. If the national media isn't focusing on Cliff, they're focusing on Kyler, the quarterback, Emmanuel Acho from ESPN. I can't stand the arrogance that Kyler Murray speaks with. Like, what has he done in the National Football League? Not in college. In college, bad man won a Heisman. What has he done in the National Football League to speak with that kind of pompous arrogance? Be 7-1 and one as a starter through eight games last year and then get hurt, collapse down the stretch, and be atrocious in the playoffs? Be 4-8 and eight thus far in his career in this season? Be a losing quarterback thus far in his career through four seasons? What has Kyler Murray done in his career to speak with that kind of arrogance? Maybe schematically you're not screwed. Maybe you're screwing the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, because Colt McCoy looked pretty decent in his first start this year when he went out there. Offense was running on time. Now against the San Francisco 49ers, the best defense in football, he didn't look great. But Kyler Murray, maybe it's not the Cardinals. Maybe it's you. So I, so I screwed up my achos. The, that's FS1. Sam Acho is on uh, ESPN. So all apologies on there. I stand corrected. Once again, uh, three time zones away. And they're making conclusions based on a couple of video clips and what they think they know about the Cardinals locker room and the chemistry. Yeah, you know what? Um, once again, this is very interesting. We'll get into this a little bit more, Paul, as the show unfolds. It's sort of like the schematically um, bleeped comment, right? I mean, Kyler, everyone who was in that room says Kyler was just explaining that the Chargers basically had the perfect defense for the perfect play call. It wasn't an overall commentary on the entire game plan or the playbook. Right. Uh, Texas, your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Best teams in the NFL. Oh, this is where Wolf goes down. Going to rank our top five heading into week 13. Wolf will be exposed as the NFL charlatan that he is with the power pull next. Galvisi sitting in for Luke. Man, do I need a break on the local sports leader. Who is the best in the NFL? Wolf and Luke's NFL power power pull. Brought to you by IBEW Local 640, the best electricians in the world. Right, Luke was very smart to take this segment off. Actually, he's taking the rest of the week off. Now, Wolf, when you were talking about some guys need all the stars to be aligned to be able to play, yeah. were you talking about Luke? Because you best not be talking about me right now because I'm sitting here with half a lung, no voice, and stomach nausea going on. So don't Bally, be looking at me when you're making those accusations. Paulie, I saw you take a bottle over the head. You are the Wolverine, and you know it. there's no way you Stop. quit ever. I mean, you know, if Maloney was on it, she'd have the lie detector, the buzzer going right now. Instead, I'll just settle for number five. Number five. Here we go. You're going to notice there's no appearance in the Pauly Power Poll by the Vikings. 
or your stinking Buffalo Bills, Ron Wolfley. <laughs> Knock it off. Nope, sorry. Barely got by Detroit at Ford Field on Thanksgiving Day. Probably should have lost because Detroit missed a field goal earlier in that uh, late going. NFL, Paul. Number five, the Dallas Cowboys. Kevin Ray will be on a little bit later. National radio voice of the Dallas Cowboys. I got some issues with Kevin Ray. We'll get into that. But as for this Dallas team, well, let's see. They're number one in sacks. They're putting the D into Big D, and it actually stands for D-line. They have 45 sacks, and it's not even close. You know the next team with the most sacks is the Cardinals' next opponent, the New England Patriots with 37. Be afraid. Yes. Be very afraid with four backup offensive linemen against the Patriots. But I'm talking about Dallas. They're number five. Okay, number five. Uh, Thank you very much, Polly. By the way, just uh, a little number five, future number five alert. That being the San Francisco 49ers. I just want to put them on the spectrum right now. At 7-4, and four, the 49ers, because of that defense right now, because of their ability to run the ball, because of Jimmy G and his game management, he's going to have to show me more. But the 49ers are 5A. But they are not number 5, Paul. Number 5, the Minnesota Vikings. I'm sorry. The Vikings are 9-2. and two. They have won nine of 11 games. They're nine and two, Paul. The Minnesota Vikings, they can run the ball. They can throw the ball. They have a game manager as well in Kirk Cousins. And that defense is getting better. The Minnesota Vikings at nine and two. Hmm. They're number five. So let's see. Number four. Oh, how about that, I'll get back to my comment on Wolf Selection at number five. Number four, the Miami Dolphins, who just jack-stomped Houston for their fifth straight win. Of course, we're going to find out a lot, a whole heck of a lot this week because they're at the 49ers. You know what? Now I'll get to my 49ers comment about you and your number five. Wolf, if both the Niners and the Vikings have game manager quarterbacks and they cancel each other out, let's see. The Niners have a lot more weapons on offense, even though the Vikings have the best receiver in the game. And I, I think even you would agree the contrarian that you are, that the 49ers have a better, more stout, and fierce defense than the Vikings. Hence, why are not the Vikings behind the 49ers? Well, because the Vikings actually have two more wins, Paul. (laughs) Wins matter. This is the National Football League. They have nine wins. The 49ers have seven. Oh, you know what? They have two losses. The Minnesota Vikings and the 49ers have four. That's great. I can read the standings too, Wolf. All right, Paul. Why don't you go and, and read you know, between the you numbers? Care about, you know, Trey Lance. You Trey care Lance about started numbers. this season for the 49ers. It's as not the same team it was in as September. You care about numbers and oh, you read Christ. numbers in game reviews and over again on this show. Yeah. You're not going to look at seven and four, the win loss column. Interesting, yeah. Paul. I'm not taking the numbers accusations from you or Kyle Vandenbosch. I'm done with it. Okay, is it number four? Your number four? No, you already did it. I've with the already Dolphins. went for Miami. Oh my goodness. Okay, number four, the Dallas Cowboys at eight and three right now. The Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott. By the way, Dak looks like he is back. Dak Prescott. They're running the ball a little bit better as well. And that defense, as Pauly said, can get after the quarterback. Get after the quarterback. Cut Wolf off. That is number three. What? Number three. <laughs> 
No, you did not do that, Command and Control. Wolf, the play clock was running out. We almost had to burn a timeout. You were going so long. Number three, you're right. The 49ers are not 5A, and they're not number five. The 49ers are number three right now. Oh, we know you come from the Bay Area. They've won four in a row. They haven't allowed a point in the second half in four straight games. Are you kidding me? You try to pass it off like you came from Detroit. Knock it off, Paul. You have Fred Warner playing the role of Devin White and what he did that 2020 Super Bowl year for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Number three, the stinking 49ers and Sourdough Sam. Growing up in the Bay Area. Cut Paul off. Oh, wait a minute. He's done talking. I'm done. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I keep it tight around here. That's right. I'm concise. Okay, number three, the Buffalo Bills at 8-3 and three right now. Yeah, they've stumbled a little bit. There's no doubt about it. Yet at the same time, this is... Um, stumbled a this little is bit. one of the best teams in the National Football League, and I don't say that just because they're from Orchard Park. They not only won the offseason, they're winning the regular season as well, and time will tell. The Buffalo Bills at 8-3, and three, still number three in the Powerball. Number two. That's great. Wolf just gave him the Rex Ryan Award for winning the offseason, and it's late November. Number two, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, here's the thing. They're not number one. I don't care what the record says because if Aaron Rodgers didn't get hurt, and by the way, it's not just a potential. Well, first it was a punctured lung, then they rolled that out. Then it was some sort of ribs injury. He says the scans are pretty positive in that front. Then a kid at a charity event, said that Aaron Rodgers told him he actually has a broken thumb he's been dealing with. Yeah. So some kid broke the news on Aaron Rodgers. Anyway, if he wasn't hurt, I'm sure the Eagles, in my opinion, would have lost to the stinking Packers, even though Philly rushed for a whopping 363 yards, and uh, they are number two. Yeah, then number two, they rushed for 303. Stop it! Okay, number two, the Kansas City Chiefs at 9-2 and two right now. Yes, I, I know they have Patrick Mahomes. I know how good they are offensively, but the Philadelphia Eagles at 10-1 and right now. Not a lot of weaknesses the Eagles have. They do not. And they're 10-1. And And they just ran for 300-plus. Yeah, you know what? The Eagles, number one. Speaking of one. Number one. Numero uno. Unbelievable. It's obviously Kansas City. I mean, Patrick Mahomes went out there, went through the motions, still embarrassed the Rams. Travis Kelsey has 12 touchdown catches, already a career high with six games to go. Obviously, it's the Chiefs' number one. The Eagles, number one, 10 and 1. Taste it. Save Wolf from himself in his own power poll, please. I guess there's there's no big finish. No, there isn't, Paul. Okay, I found that out the hard way. I tried way. to tell you that before the beautiful part of the program. How is James Jones envisioning his new role with the Suns? Let's talk about someone who's really executing in his job, unlike Wolf. We're going to hear what the Suns GM and president of basketball operations has to say. That is next. Wolf and Luke with Calvisi on the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. So, to prepare for this show, as a president of Calvisi Consulting, Wolf, I read all the business publications and so forth. I saw this article on, uh, it's on Forbes, actually. I see. And it says, when co-workers persistently interrupt and constantly talk over you, quote, an aggressive reply may be instinctual, but resist that urge at all costs and be prepared to assert yourself 
instead. Really? So assert instead of aggressive. In other words, stay professional in the face of coworkers who persistently interrupt and constantly talk over you. Hmm. We know you read Forbes, Paul. When, you don't when, have to just say it. When, we when know might you have that money, happen? Paul, we like, know you have money. All the time for four hours. When does that happen? So I thought that was apt uh, preparation for yours truly here uh, to get ready for this show because uh, Wolf does nothing except talk over me at all costs at all times. I see, Paulie. We know, yeah. Paulie, just how right. business-minded yeah. you are. So as uh, one president to another, in this case, James Jones, the new president of basketball operations over at the Phoenix Suns. I read Forbes. He has a new title. Uh, he has a new role, theoretically, but here's James Jones talking to the media yesterday, and they asked him, uh, so, you know, what is the difference between GM and Mr. President? Not a lot changes, uh, but my focus on just not the Suns, but also the Mercury. Um, my efforts to continue to bolster both teams will, will continue. That's something that I've done since I've been here, but more in a formal role. Um, it just allows me the freedom uh, mentally uh, to dedicate more time to the to kind of the macro vision for the franchise as well as uh, continue to be a steward of the micro uh, cycle of this team. Uh, so it's 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 an honor, like honestly. Um, but to me, it's, it's just another day at the office. Wow, that's interesting. So he 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 now. Looks at the macro yes. while he's a steward of the micro. I like that phrase. Correct, Polly. It's good stuff. I might have to borrow that. It makes me sound a lot smarter when I say stuff like that. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, right now, you have to wonder, though, is he going to embrace the macro? Is this something where you see James Jones going? Something that I think he's going to grow in, embracing this new... I love the fact he called it mentally free, right? It, it was something that he thought was going to be a challenge, of course, but I see James Jones like everything he's done in his life, embracing this new set of variables inside the paradigm of actually being a team president. Basketball operations. Yes, not the team president, Polly, but eventually I could see James Jones moving into that role. President of the organization. Mm. This is a first step. President of basketball operations. This is a first step, I think, in that direction right there. You mentioned how he said he, he's a little more free with this new role. Uh, what did he mean by that, James Jones? Mental freedom, right? Whenever you're, whenever you have, um, you know, the responsibilities that I have as a general manager, which means generally manage the day to day. Uh, you're drawn to the to the whirlwind, you know, every aspect of the day, from what guys are eating to what packages are being delivered at the front door. Um, this just forces me to to step away from some of those things and delegate some of those uh, responsibilities and, and to give my team an opportunity to grow. Uh, because you know, in, in, in this business, you're usually very comfortable doing the things you do well. And the only way to improve is to stretch yourself. And so this is an opportunity for me to stretch myself beyond just what happens on, this, on the floor with the Suns, but more about what happens across um, all walks or all channels with Suns Merck. What does every head coach and GM say in any sport when they land that first job? They always say, I had no idea how much off-the-court, yeah. off-the-field stuff mm-hmm. is involved. You're thinking, okay, I'm a coach. It's going to be all X's and O's. No. You have to run all this other stuff and all these player needs and wants and drama off the yeah. off the playing field, et cetera. And then when you're a GM, you got to deal with all the, you know, where the bus is going to show up for the road trip and all this. Everything comes across your desk. Yes. So now as the president, 
of everybody, Sepp Blatter, you have James Jones who's able to delegate this stuff outward and say, you know what? Let me just concentrate on what is most important, what's going to get us to an NBA title, what is going to get us to increasing the franchise value, the business value of this whole operation, and now he can just focus on those things that are most critical to the overall, wait for it, brand of Suns basketball. I see, Paulie. That's well said by you right there. Can I just say the give my team the opportunity to grow is what he said. What? 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 He was talking about delegating, of course, and delegating more responsibilities. Who do you think he might be talking about, Paulie? Delegating more responsibility to whom? Maybe to Monty Williams. Maybe Monty Williams needs to grow. Give his team the opportunity to grow. Maybe Monty Williams needs to do that. Just the same way that James Jones feels like he needs to grow on the macro level and challenge himself to get better. Maybe that's what he's talking about doing right there. So if the Suns did not elevate him to president of basketball operations, did not acknowledge and reward his success so far. Because think about it. He's taken this team from 19 wins to 64 wins. Yeah, He's been the steward, not just the steward of the micro. He's been the steward of the miraculous in a lot of ways. Interesting. When you think of the turnaround, and I know me for one, I, I forget how quickly this has come. How quickly the Suns have gone from the bottom of the league to the top of the league. And he first off, he could be up there and he could be flexing that. Do you ever hear him really have an ego of any no, sort? No, not at all. Never. No. You Do you know what think those, that trickles down? Absolutely yes, it does. Yes, it does, Paulie. Yes, it does trickle down. Uh, but that's not a surprise. It isn't. He was the same way as a player. So now you get the uncertain ownership situation. I'll be kind and call it uncertain. If you're one of the other 29 teams in the NBA, aren't you looking at the Phoenix Suns and going, oh, you know what? In the face of all that chaos, maybe we can swoop in and poach some of their high flyers, high performers, someone like a James Jones. So this is just me thinking out loud. If I'm the Suns, and who's running things now? The decision maker is Sam Garvin? Yes. So now I'm coming out, you know what? I better make darn sure I don't lose assets right here in this transition ownership that some pesky team doesn't come in and swoop away our GM, our young, accomplished, astute GM, and give him a big money offer he can't refuse. So you know what? Here we go. A promotion, a new title, new responsibilities, and I'm sure he got a kick and pay. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because he also said, I don't know if you have any more sound from James we got plenty, Wolf. What do you want? He was talking while well, he was talking about the fact that they were able to do their business. I don't know if you've got that cut in front of you, Polly, but um, yes. Where uh, here you go, Maloney, on the one where you know people thinking it's hard to do things with the ownership situation. Yes, that's inaccurate. Uh, we're we're able to do our business. Um, we couldn't function without uh, the autonomy and the efforts of everyone on the business side, as well as the basketball side. Um, you know, we started to see and saying this was going to be another season for us where we push towards our, our goals of, of competing and you know we're going to do the best job we can. So we've been, been fortunate to have Sam step in and, and provide leadership and, and guidance support for us to continue the, the momentum because um, this is a game of momentum. You know, the season is a season of ups and downs and, and if you can continue to push upward and minimize the downs, uh, it, it makes it a lot easier to focus on, on, on winning games. 
see, there it is right there. You know what? I, I love what he had to say about that. But it's also one of the reasons why you wonder if, in fact, he's going to get more involved in the business side of things as well as president of basketball operations. Maybe he's going to take a step in that direction and get some mentorship in that regard. Hey, dare I say he already has. It's one of the reasons he earned this president promotion because of the statement the team put out on behalf of the team. They cited, they cited, made a point to cite his relationship with business partners and sponsors of the team. Yeah. And how good he is, not just on the basketball side, but the business side as well. And not only that, the culture of the front office as well, Paulie. By the way, we're not talking about how Luka Doncic had another 40-point triple-double last night. And so far in the NBA this season, uh, Luka has three 40-point triple-doubles, and the rest of the league has zero. Uh, Just kick us all in the cradle as we go into a not-so-beautiful part of the program. Five games left in the season. The Cardinals, what can they accomplish? What should they accomplish? We'll get into that next. Wolf inevitably will be wrong. Calvisi sitting in for Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.